Hello and welcome to another episode. As always, we talk about a lot of different things in this episode, but the focus today is increasing cash flow, not necessarily decreasing the amount of money that's going out. A lot of times, how we're conditioned, the first thing we think is, oh, how can we cut expenses? How can we cut expenses? But when we really focus on it, we can increase cash flow and we don't necessarily need to be decreasing the amount of money that we're spending. Now, let's obviously be smart about things, but when money is moving through the economy, it is good for everybody. So we talk a little bit about that and how we can improve strategies to increase cash flow and get some money moving around. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. If you do, please leave us a review and share it to one of your friends. Welcome to the Cash Calf Podcast, where we talk about everything business, including the mentality and practicality of the side hustle. Here are your hosts, Tyler Martin and Matt Bitter. How's it going? It's good. How are good. you doing? Good. Good. Going we, good. Just like always, we have great conversation. It's like, man, we should be hitting record on this. Yeah. Well, that's fun because, you know, I mean, there's just so many opportunities out there and we both are always looking for opportunities and learning throughout the week. And so it's hard not to just yeah. have fun talking when we get together. So it's yeah. great. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so today we're going to talk about that. And uh, the mindset behind it, which mindset and business are so important, but a lot of times we just talk about the steps. You know, we need to set up an LLC, we need to get insurance, we need to do this, we need to do that, rent. But the mind, that's, if we can control that, we can control anything. Yeah. So kind of... That book that you gave me, that you um, sent me, the current one, is it... uh... 12 months, 12 months to, a to a million. Yeah. Yeah. He talks about that in there where, you know, kind of the job mindset versus the entrepreneur mindset is just, it's not even a, I think maybe that's where people have the most problem is just, they think that, oh, well I can have, I can be the same person or the same mindset. It's just in a different setting and that's not how it works. It's completely different mindset, yeah. you know, to go from one to the other, you you've got to think completely different things. You've got to, um, deal with completely different problems and have kind of a completely different personality in a way to just deal with it and move forward and go for, you know, and yeah. make it happen. So yeah. it, it is a completely different mindset, like you're saying. Yeah. Well, even when we, you know, apply for a job, how, how much am I going to make an hour or how much am I going to make a year? That is such a different, it's such a shift to go, okay, how much value can I add and how much value can I get back from that value creation? Mm-hmm. I couldn't put an hourly rate on myself. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I do know what I enjoy and I do know how I like to add value to the world. And, you know, Then how can we get that value back? Totally different mind shift. Yeah. Mind shift, mindset. Yeah. Well, and like you say, I mean... With a job, it's kind of like, okay, either you're there or you're not. When you're an entrepreneur, you're always there, even though sometimes you're, even though you can kind of choose when you're there or not, you know, like, like you say, it's hard to track how much time it is because 
You might answer the phone at 10 o'clock at night when somebody has a problem that they're trying to solve on a project that they're working on for you or something, you know? Yeah. But, you know, so I think a lot of people look at entrepreneurs and business owners as, oh, they have so much freedom, which they do. You know, I can go to my uh, daughter's cheer competition this weekend and not have to show up for a nine to five. Yeah. But while I'm there, as problems arise and I just plan on their problems, yeah, you know, are going to happen, then I need to have my phone so that I can figure out the problems and solve them from there. You yeah. Know? So, so you're never really away from it, but you still can ch- kind of choose when you come and go. Kind yeah. Of sort of, you Which know, there's, there's huge, freedom. or how you structure it. Yes. Huge freedom in that. Just knowing, Hey, I, I can go here. I can go there. You might physically be in a location, but your mind is, you know, back <clears throat> with developing or business or, or whatever that is. Uh, and as time goes on, if, our end goal is to sell said business, then we do have to structure it in a way that we, we're we not there. Mm-hmm. So that when problems arise, they're taken care of and customers are taken care of. And, but that, that all comes with time and depending on the level of involvement. We've talked about uh, farmers a lot. We, we both know farmers that love it so much, they're not going to set that business up to sell it. Because they want to go farm. Yeah. And they want to do every part of the business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. It's fun because that also opens up so many different doors in business. You can be the technician if you want to be the technician. You can be the manager if you want to be the manager. You can be the entrepreneur slash business owner if you want to be that. Yeah. You can, you can start your own job or you can start your own business. It's totally up to you. Yeah. And I think that's that's my favorite part about it. Like even anything that I do, you know, I have I've, I've had some people ask me like, well, why are you why are you doing that? Like, number one, the number one answer for me is because it's fun, you know, whether it's successful or not. It's fun to go and learn that or whatever. Yeah. I think number two for me is being able to not have any like right now, nobody in the world cares where I'm at or what I'm doing. I mean, people yeah. care, but it's not like I have a boss that's saying, hey, you know, like calling and, hey, what do you, where do you need to be right now? Or can you come in on Friday to cover this or whatever? Like, there's none of that. Yeah. Like, it's totally up to me. Now, there's there's some ownership. There's a ton of ownership that has to go into that. You can't be laying in bed all day and that yeah. kind of stuff. But it's cool because... If I need to run to Idle Falls and get a part or go to Idle Falls because I want to go to Idle Falls yeah. or whatever I want to do, I can do that. You know, yeah. it's it's cool. It's fun to be able to have that kind of a lifestyle. But there is a lot of responsibility that comes along with it. Too. Yeah. And that's, I think, where the mindset shift comes in and you go, okay, you know, when I am present and I am here, I've got to add some value. Mm-hmm. Like I've got to be efficient and put in the work because there's also something about, you know, if I hop out of bed and I kind of, kind of drive to Idaho Falls and go look take at a gun or something. And, yeah. Yeah. There's some things that right now, because of how I've set up my life, I need to do. Um, <clears throat> there's that mindset shift of, okay, here's the steps that need to be done for the day. Got to get out and do it. Mm-hmm. But if I do those things, I'm free to go do whatever I want. Yep. Unless some problems arise, and and that's just because I've set it up that way. Yeah. 
So it is it is cool. It's yeah. just it it is a very I think it's a very cool mentality because yeah. we live in a world where there are so many ways to add value that you can mold that and structure that however you want to add that value into a lifestyle that suits you as a person. Like there's yeah. no one size fits all with entrepreneurship. You get to do whatever you want to do and structure your lifestyle however you want to structure it. So it's cool. I like how you put that. Um, just that there's no one size fits all for entrepreneurs. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Everything. It, it's all it's all different. Every yeah. part of it, every business, every... Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It is fun. Um, it, it's a little bit... Well, it's all on subject because we're talking yeah. about business. But yeah. we've talked about uh, that lady, Miriam. She has a TikTok and she paints stuff on her face. Yeah. I mean, even something like that. That's so much fun for her, probably. Mm-hmm. She's adding value. Um, she thinks, and she's right. You know, like, people are going to laugh at this. This is going to be great. She's just structuring her life around that. She's got millions of TikTok followers. And I don't know how she monetizes it or if she does, but someone can literally paint stuff on their face and move their lips in a certain way mm-hmm. and make people laugh and make a living. Like, we live in a very interesting, abundant world. Yeah. Where you can paint your face and make a ton of money. One that I saw that uh, was really cool, the uh, you know that's been popping up in my Instagram, whatever, is this guy that makes custom tie dye shirts, and he takes it and he has this very intricate way that he like, you know, rubber bands them all together so that it's like, I mean, it's very intricate, and then he dyes each of them a certain color, or whatever, and like shows him doing it. And then he shows the finished product and they're incredible designs. Like, I don't know how he does it. I'm not an artistic person that way at all. So, um, but then he set it up so that he puts those up for auction, you know? So in his stories or whatever, he'll say, Hey, this is, you know, this was the finished product. The size is a large, this will go on auction at midnight or whatever. And it'll be on there for 24 hours. The, you know, best, offer in the comments gets it whatever he's getting like four or five hundred bucks per shirt because they are very unique there's a story behind it and i mean obviously the guy's passionate about what he's doing it's a hobby that he's like hey this is really cool now it's moved into a business you know, and yeah. the guy probably just sits at home and smokes pot all day. I don't know, but <laughs> man, but, but it's so I cool. Have such a great idea, <laughs> yeah, for this tie dye shirt. Um, so scarcity versus abundance. Yeah, how many people would look at a tie dye, custom tie dye T shirt? Even when you were saying it, there's that little part of me that pops up. I'm like, well, what if it's the wrong size for me? You know, like I'm kind of uh-huh. thinking scarcity mindset in that way. This guy is all about abundance. You have to be. If yeah. you're willing to sit there, make a T-shirt, get on, auction it, sell it, if he's making a living doing that, you can do anything you want. Well, and it was incredible, too, because in the comments, it was like, oh, I love this design. I need one in a medium. So he's already getting instant uh, feedback yeah. on what sizing he needs to do next. Yeah. Like, it's just, I'm like, that's the best idea I've seen in a long time. Like, it's that's, cool. That is... It's, that's really cool. So it's it's cool to see what people come up with. And it's that incredible. lucky guy that's in a medium, I wonder what diet he's on. <laughs> yeah. <I'm just> <laughs> yeah. Probably some puny little 
He's vegan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only vegans needs, wear mediums. He need he needs to eat some meat. Yeah. But but scarce you know, and this is something that I've struggled with for a while and we we kinda talked about this earlier as well, but and and one way that I've tried to do it in my my life, the scarcity versus the abundance mindset is and I mean I picked this up somewhere. I don't I didn't come up with this. I can't remember where off the top of my head, but um focusing when like focusing on earning more. Yeah. Not spending less. And that's kind of hard because we live in a society where there's like Dave, you know, Dave, the Dave Ramsey mentality or Susie Orman or whatever they are, where um, they're telling people to really scrimp back on their lifestyle and save money and put it away and whatever, which there is some value to that. You have to know where your money's going. You have to be responsible with your money and everything else. But you get to a point to where you really can't save yourself rich, extremely rich. You know, I mean, like, granted, if you're a doctor and you're making 300 grand a year and you're able to save 100 and invest 100, then, yeah, obviously you're going to get rich. But you look at, like, the average, what's the average wage median wage in the united states like like forty five thousand, yeah 40 or 50 something like that so i mean especially with the cost of living now oh yeah how much like it would take in my mind it would take a huge amount to save an extra four or five hundred dollars a month like that's ten percent yeah so to so to cut back ten percent on things and it's doable and it's a good thing to do if you can do it but you know that's five hundred dollars a month say so that's $6,000 a year, which is significant. But over the long term, you're not going to get extremely wealthy at that. Yeah, you can get you comfortable, know. but that's probably about as far as you can go. Yeah, and especially if you have, you know, other retirement accounts and whatever, you know. And and if you do invest that successfully, you know, say you, yeah. you start flipping houses on the side or whatever, then, yeah, you can really turn that into something. I kind of throw that into getting more into side hustle business yeah. type stuff than, yep. than the you know, saving that $500 in a savings account or, or putting it in a mutual fund or something. But, you know, so there, there is definitely value to that. I don't want to diminish that. And I've done it before. I still do it. Like I still want to know where our money's going and everything. But as I've tried to change my mindset to, Hey, earn more, like focus on earning more. Don't focus on the scarcity of spending less all the time. Also use a lot, some of your energy and probably the majority of your energy to focus on earning more and doing that, then you really can get a lot further faster. It seems like, well, I think it's in my experience anyway, I think you're right. It's, it's going to be a lot easier to make an extra 250 than spend. Yeah. 250 less. 250 less. Mm -hmm. Especially if, if you're semi-conservative in your lifestyle, you know, we go to work We make a certain wage, and there's that thought of, okay, if I make $15 an hour and lunch costs me $15, there goes an hour of my day. Well, then increasing rent, increasing utilities, everything, mm-hmm. just going up. It's so much easier to go out and make an extra 250 500000 and And I like where you were going with if someone does save extra and then they start flipping houses, you're leveraging that extra that you have to go and make more because it it is if you're saving an extra 500 bucks a month yeah when you're 60 you're going to have a lot of money if you've pulled an eight percent interest compounding over time yeah but 
kind of the point of this for me is to live life now. And it's not taking away from like my parents, they, they worked really hard and they retired and they still work cause they enjoy it. So it's not taking anything away from that, but like, I want to live it now. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, 500 bucks extra a month that makes me a millionaire right before I die. It's just not okay with me. Yeah. Well, and there's, I feel like there's opportunity, like the, so say you say you're you're saving five hundred a month, and you can only do that so far before you run out of room to save money per month. You know what I yeah. mean? Maybe that's confusing. With a business, say you say you make an extra five hundred dollars in a side hustle business. Well, the sky's the limit to what yeah. you can compound and grow that to. You know, you can grow that from a five hundred dollar a month business up to you know relatively quickly yeah. you know now you have the skills you get in it you kind of understand okay i know how to make five hundred dollars now now i can go out and i can make five thousand dollars a month yeah and you can start scaling that up the sky's the limit if you're focused on saving money all the time then you run out of you know what's the most you could save a month a thousand maybe you know if you're living yeah. on five now you're scaling it back to forty five hundred a month that you're living on well, it's going to get harder to go down to 4000 a month so that you're investing that extra 1000 You yeah. know what I mean? Like oh, it yeah. gets harder and harder the lower you go. The easier way is the other direction that has no cap on it. Like it's the sky's the limit. You can, you can take a $500 a month business and make it into a $5 million a month business if you want to. Yeah. And if people say it's impossible, we could Google up a whole bunch of stories where people have done that. Yeah. You know, it's probably not likely and you have to be the right person and have the right worth work ethic as far as that goes, but it is very possible to do that. I think there's been more millionaires made in the last two years than ever. Oh, which yeah. is partly due to, you know, inflation, the dollar's worth less. But speaking of inflation, yeah. we can't save our way out of inflation. Mm-hmm. You're if inflation's ten percent most people are not going to get a 10% bump on their wage every year. Yet inflation is 7 to 10% or more mm-hmm. right now. We're just not going to get that. So we, we have to get out and side hustle or total hustle. It just has to happen. Well, and that's a good point too, because inflation's taken a chunk, you know, back to the, say you're, you're making $5,000 a month, back to that example. Well, okay, so you're taking a chunk off of your living expense to try to, to save that or invest that, you know, to increase your, your, your worth, your net worth. Well, inflation's taken a chunk out of that every year too. Like it's kind of a double whammy, Yeah. you know, versus focusing on, uh, um, earning more. Yeah. Increasing cash flow. Then you're, you're outpacing inflation. You know, you're, you're kind of gaining on both sides there. So yeah, Yeah. I, I think it's, it, it, it's important. I don't know. Yeah. Well, th- I think that's why there's so many people out there that at least people that we follow that are like, you, you need to hedge your dollar with silver and gold and cryptocurrency and real estate mm-hmm. because at least that stuff is outpacing inflation. You know, it, it doesn't mean that gold is going to double in price, but it's probably going to go up more than the 10% a year that inflation is. And so, uh, I mean, there's a few different ways that we can increase cash flow or at least st- 
stop ourselves from going down with inflation. So um, one that you've talked about a lot that I need to be better at and look into is dividends on stocks. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was one that I had in my mind that I just wanted to pick your brain about a little bit. Well, I like it just because, and I mean, I'm relatively new to all of that kind of stuff as far as stocks and whatever, but but I like it. I like it from uh, a few different reasons. Number one, it's really liquid. I mean, yep. you can be in a position, if you need that money, you know, you can pull it out and, and get it within a couple of days, you know, whereas some other investments, it's it's pretty tied up, like real estate, for example. Yeah. Um, so that's why I like to have some in there, um, but also being diversified a, a, across a whole bunch of different things, too. But yeah, dividends are cool just because... Um, as companies make money and they become profitable, then they pay out a percentage to their shareholders every quarter, usually, is what yeah. it is. And, you know, especially right now with stock prices being high, you know, yeah. where we're just under all-time highs, then the percentage doesn't seem like much, you know. Um, like for, you know, something good might be, three or four or five percent a year yeah um which people go well what you know obviously that's not even keeping up with inflation yeah but at least it's a little bit of cash coming in some cash flow and then also you know as you also get the appreciation for from that stock too you know or depreciation i guess if it goes the other way yeah um but just and then over the long term as those companies continue to grow and become more profitable, they tend to um, keep with that dividend and increase yeah. the dividend. Yeah. You know, so say it's a, a 5% per year dividend right now, but in 20 years, their, their value, the value of that company is doubled. Well, 5% is now double yeah. the amount in dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. And your price, your cost basis is lower. You know, like we've mm -hmm. talked about Warren Buffett on here before. It's so funny. And just in my mind. You know, just yeah. like say his he started buying Coca-Cola who knows how long ago, 60 yeah. years ago or whatever. Um, you know, I think I've heard, I've read articles where his cost basis on Coca-Cola is like $3, you know, because he just bought it cheap. And then over the years he's, um, and that's if you... So one thing I like to do is I'll take the price, what I get in dividends, and take that off of what I paid for it. So then it actually, you know, yeah, subtract that return, and then it's like I paid less for the stock mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm putting that against it. So that's probably the $3 a share is probably him, you know, people figuring in his what his dividends were over the year and everything, you know. And so, but... So his cost basis is $3 a year or $3 a share. Yeah. Right now, you know, say Coca-Cola is paying out a dollar a year in, in, uh, dividends. Yeah. That's a 30% return. Yeah. And it's just because he's held onto that stock for 60 years or whatever, you know, and the dividend has grown over, grown over time. You know, back in the day, it might've been a 10 cent dividend, mm -hmm. but now Coca-Cola has grown. And so... I wonder what the percentage is for him. Like, I wonder how much, how many dollars he's put in versus how many dollars it's worth. I'm so sure I, someone's figured I read, out. yeah, so I read something like his overall average return, I think, is like uh, 18 or 20%, something like that. 
That's like, it. Like per year. Yeah. I mean, it's it. Yeah. It's not. It's not crazy high. But since it compounds, you know, and but it it's dividends. Com- it's compounded over time. And he'll even, you know, I've watched some stuff, and he'll even tell you that he, that compounding works. It's not yeah. that he made good stock picks. He just bought good companies that he knew would grow over time, and you know that's that's where he got. So yeah. it's just extending that time horizon. Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. I, I was just talking with my brother at lunch, and he said, with compounding, it's that last double that matters. Yes. And so I, I like that. It like adds up the whole rest of it yeah. almost, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a, a year that that gets, you know, whatever year that is, but yeah. it's huge. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It, it was kind of fun to hear his philosophy on his kids. His first, he wants them their first five years uh, to put, just the majority of what they make away. Like that's your, mm-hmm. you're compounding your retirement money and then just keep adding to it. But that first five years, put everything that you can possibly into it and then have kids. And I mean, he's not saying don't have kids until then, but you know, that first five years of really going out and working, put everything into it, have your kids, get your house, get your cars and everything, but you've got that basis and yeah. then let it grow. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. Cause I'm, I'm like the opposite for myself. I'm like, no, I want to take that and I want to put it into stuff and see what I can do and see if I can build yeah. it. Um, and I think there's value for both yeah. of that. I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. But I do, because I, I, I do think that we can, by building businesses and adding value and doing that kind of stuff, I do think that we can compound a lot faster. Yes. Like, I totally agree with you there. Yeah. The nice thing is, got to have both ways mm-hmm. for, you know, the world. Everyone's different. Like you said, it's not a one size fits all for entrepreneurs, not for life either. So um, I think we can learn from all of that. Like, we can side hustle and compound it really fast. It's also kind of historically safe over on the other side, which is, you know, compounded up until, until retirement. Mm-hmm. Many ways. But you don't, yeah. But the real wealth, like you look at the real wealthy people yes. that are like, like I know people that have worked and retired and they live comfortably. Like I think, you know, we'd kind of talked about in the, yeah. the beginning of the podcast. And that's great. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you look at the people that are really wealthy and they re- retire or whatever, and maybe they don't ever retire. They still like they have a lifestyle where they can do whatever they want, but they're still managing a business or whatever because they absolutely love it, you know. But the people that get to the the lifestyle that I think we all look at and is like, oh, that's awesome. They travel, you know, 12, they take 12 awesome vacations a year or whatever yeah. it is. You know, those people that just really have done well, it's through building a business. Absolutely. You know, it's more often than not, like all the people that I can think of, for the most part, I can think of a couple that have done really well in careers and and had high paying jobs that have that have done well. But even those, you know, maybe they're a doctor. They own their own practice in a surgical center. They own businesses around that. That's put them there. Yeah. Or it's the amount of time and money. And then they've taken that and put it into something that that returns. Yeah. So yeah. it, it actually has to be business. Yeah. 
Yeah, I you know. I mean, I guess okay. I say it has to be business, but let's say you can hit it really hard on a cryptocurrency or something like that. So there are ways to hedge against the dollar, crypto dividends, interest, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But if you hit it, it it's got to be business. Well, and I I even look at the investing part of it as business too. Yeah. Like, you know, like I, I do a little bit of investing on the side in stocks and options and that kind of stuff. I view that as a business. Yeah. Like I have expenses associated with that, that, you know, that are business expenses, you know, and my, my gains are, are taxed as earned income, you know? And so I, I, I kind of just view everything as business, even crypto, you know, like say somebody does their research and you know, makes it, makes a good, a good trade on crypto or whatever. I still kind of see that as a, to me, that's no different than buying something low and selling it high is no different than somebody buying fertilizer and seed and land and a tractor and growing a plant and selling it higher than what they've got into it. Like to me, it's just all kind of the same, you know, I mean, it's all, it's all business to me, but maybe that's, no, I, I agree with you. Um, people might see it different, but then once they get into it, it is a business. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're investing your time and your money into something that essentially speculating or figuring out how to make it yeah. grow. Yeah. Just like farmers. Yeah. Well, yeah. and even, even like the crypto example, you've got, you're putting, you know, people say, oh, well, I bought it at this and I sold it at that. Well... You still have time that yeah. you're, you know, an expense of time that's gone into that expense of a computer maybe or whatever yeah. expense of maybe some subscription to some newsletters or something to figure out what's going to be the best thing, you know, like yeah. there still is input cost to that. It's not just a roll of the dice. I mean, it could be, but there's, there is even in a, even, and maybe this is a stupid example because I don't. I love it. Bring it. But the lottery, like even yeah. the lottery, yeah. like totally lucky. Well, there's still some expense in driving to the place. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like there's expense in everything. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that I think that playing the lottery <laughs> is a business, but there, I'm going to go buy there a couple is. tickets right now. <laughs> yeah. now. No, but, but you're right. I mean, and, and you're, you're totally right in what you're saying. I'm not saying that it's a stupid example, but you know, it's it dumb. is a stupid it's, example. It's dumb to to bet on that. But yeah. the only people that win the lottery are the people that play the lottery. Yeah. So, but historically, that's not a way to get wealthy because all those people end up broke anyway. Yeah. So, so Which pick is, something that has better odds. Yeah. Well, pick something that makes you learn and grow and become the person that can keep a hold of the money. Yes, absolutely. Because that's really what it ends up being is someone that went from zero to multimillionaire in the lottery, yeah, they're a millionaire. And they lose it because they're not a millionaire. Right. They didn't learn how to get that money. They've just always known, I can, if I play the lottery, there's a chance I can win it. And then they take their $20 million and they buy a house and a yacht and a another boat and a vehicle. And then five years later, they have nothing. That's and they're cool. like, I don't get it. I had millions of dollars. Yep. You spent millions of dollars. You're a consumer and you never learned how to be a producer. Yep. Yeah. They don't even know where it went. Yeah. You know, so no, I think it's, I think the important thing too, with like the scarcity versus, versus, uh, abundance is our focus too. Like I believe on what, 
whatever we focus on expands. Yeah. And so if we're focused on reducing expenses all the time, like that's great, but it's only going to expand to a certain degree. You know, there's only so much of that we can do. If our focus is on abundance and creating more value and earning more, then there's unlimited amounts of, you know, that can, that can grow unlimited. And so, um, I think that that's valuable too. It's just what we focus on expands and, yeah. So, so focus on the place that's going to have the biggest opportunity, I guess, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, you do know you're right. You're, you're totally right in that. And there's so much opportunity and I, I actually had just written some stuff out and I don't know exactly why I put it, but rampant money printing is happening right now. And as much as I hate it as a capitalist, I would love for a gold to be the standard again. I would love it. Mm-hmm. But it's also a huge opportunity for people that are looking to add value. Well, interestingly, a lot of value is just being printed right now. Yeah. And um like I said, Val- yeah, value. value. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be in the yeah. quotes. Yeah. Um <clears throat> there've been more millionaires made in the last couple of years than ever and there's a lot of opportunity in ways that we can take what we are valuable in and get it out to the world, whether that's social media or, I mean, there's just everything. Yeah. And so it's a great opportunity. It's a great time for people to get in. And it's an, it's a necessary time. Like we're talking about in order to get way ahead or be ahead of inflation or get rich, you have to get out there and start it. Mm -hmm. It's got to start somewhere and it's probably not in a job. Like I, I try to be like nice on here, you know, like Mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want. You can, Mm -hmm. yes, you can go do whatever you want, but if you want to get rich, you want to live that lifestyle, it has to be through business. Mm -hmm. You got to get out there, add value, create a product, create a service, whatever that is, and get it out to as many people as possible. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. But that's the abundance side of it. The scarcity side is there's there's no people that want my product, or there's no opportunity, or yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, which is garbage. There is so much like like we tie even said tie dye shirts yep. or what was the other one we were talking yeah, paint, about painting uh, your yeah, face paint, in, yeah. on TikTok. Yeah, there is so much. It's cool because we live in a time where, like, even ten years ago, neither of those were possible. Yeah. Like the tie dye shirts, maybe. In some niche market in yeah. hippie town, California, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe if you, ha- you had the right in and the right connection and you knew the guy that owned the store and he really liked your stuff and all the stars aligned, but that was for one person to do, you yeah. know, like you supply shirts to that one store and well, that's all the tie dye shirts we need Yeah, or the, the face painting thing. Like, okay, you could be uh a stage act maybe if you knew the right people and you know, all those stars aligned and all the connections made up now anybody can do that. Yeah. And even if somebody else wants to do a face painting channel on TikTok, you're going to do it differently than anybody else on the internet is. Yeah. And so you can do it too. Mm -hmm. Like it's just cool. It is cool. Yeah. And, and what is it? that you have that you can bring to that. Cause for example, the face painting thing, I can't paint, but I guess I could practice, but I can't paint. And she moves her 
cheeks and mm-hmm. face in such a way that I don't know. I've never really tried it. And I also don't have the skills to do the tie dye shirt. So somebody develops that throughout time and they put their time and energy into it. They'll, they'll succeed. Like, I guess if I really tried, mm-hmm. I could do the same with the tie dye shirt thing. And that's the kind of mentality that we have to have with it. Cause if we could look at anything and be like, well, but, but that person's going to be better than me. Yeah. Everybody's going to like, mm-hmm. there's somebody out there in the world that is better at everything than I am, but maybe I'm willing to put myself out there and try it. You know, like that's one thing I don't want to take anything away from the tie dye shirt guy or the face paint lady. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not just the tie dye shirt. It's the entire presentation that goes into it. He's creating a backstory backstory for everybody and face painting. It's so much more than that. Like people definitely need to go look up this tie dye shirt guy and the face painting lady. Cause you can't, it doesn't even come across as that cool. And then you watch it and you're like, that's incredible. Like the amount of time and energy and talent, but it's hooked to your phone now. So you have 7.8 billion people that can watch you. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It is. It's cool. And even if, if somebody's like, oh, well, I was going to do that idea. I can't do it anymore. There's still like, so we were looking up, uh, there's some shirts that we have looked at. There was an influencer, an Instagram guy, influencer. Yeah. I don't know if he considers himself an influencer or what, but had he, like in all of his videos, he wears a shirt that says Patriot. Yeah. And we've talked about that company some. Well, I looked up, I tried to look up what their, I tried to look up their website to see what their apparel was. Yeah. And there was like six other websites that were Patriot something, Patriot gear or Patriot apparel or whatever that all had similar stuff. You know, like United States, like patriotism and the the United States flag and all of that kind of stuff. Similar ideas, but different designs. You know, so these yeah. are six, four or five or six completely different companies. Yeah, all kind of doing similar things, but they're all successful. Yeah, you know, and and out of those six companies or whatever, it wasn't even the one that I was looking for. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of interesting to think like, oh, well, there's maybe a dozen and then you've got companies that don't even have patriot in them you know like the grunt style shirts or yeah. the um what's the other one there's like nine line apparel nine line yeah that's the other one yeah. i was thinking of that are similar kind of a similar target market but they own they all have their own spin on it and so like there could be a hundred yeah you know clothing brands around that similar kind of stuff and they can all be successful because they all are doing it doing it in their own little way yeah and that's on a national slash global scale even bring it onto a local scale i'm curious what the most abundant business is like abundant as in um number of stores like maybe there's 10 grocery stores or there's oh uh yeah i would be curious Mm -hmm. but you could probably put in another grocery store and be successful. Mm-hmm. You could put in another car dealership and be successful. You could literally do anything. It because because we live in a world of abundance. And nothing is created or destroyed. It's all just converted. So it all exists. It's already here. We just have to organize it. Mm-hmm. Take you know, like in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Which is a good spin. Read Genesis 
I think through chapter four, chapter five, and just think of it from a business creation standpoint. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. It's, it's cool. All you're doing is just taking things that already exist and organizing them into something that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so cool. It is cool. Um, and then I had one on here, real estate, because mm-hmm. that's historically an incredible hedge against inflation and from an, an abundance mindset, there's a lot of land. Mm-hmm. So I was just thought. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of land, but there's also okay. a lot, there's a, a big demand for land and yes. they're not making any more. Yes. You know, which is crazy. You know, I, um, and I hear people say all the time, it's, it's crazy what real estate prices are doing, which I mean, I agree, but it is what it is. I remember when I was growing up, you know, I, I grew up farming and we were like, you know, pieces of, in a farming community, when something, a piece of ground comes on the market or whatever, it's, it doesn't happen very often. So like, it's always like kind of a pissing match to see who can get it or whatever, you know, like, and I remember, um, farm ground had come on, come like the earliest I can remember is like, I think like $1,800 an acre or something like that. And everybody was like, I cannot believe that somebody would pay $1,800 an acre for that. Yeah. Well, then I can remember when it was $2,500 an acre, and we thought it was expensive then. And then I remember when it was $4,000 an acre, and everybody thought it was expensive. And I remember when it was $6,000 an acre, and now it's like seven or $8,000 an acre here in yeah. our area, or more. For farm ground. For farm yeah. ground. You know, the, yeah, this is yeah. just, you know, open farm ground, whatever. And so, you know, like all of those points along the way, we thought it was so expensive. Looking back now, it was dirt cheap, and we should yeah. have been buying it like crazy. And so, you know, it's, and that could go for any asset class, but I think, you know, it's just interesting to kind of think about that. Yeah. And when I said that, I, I was saying it from like a real estate, like commercial or residential standpoint, like there's so many people, but then you bring that up about there's a limited amount of land. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like get some. Yeah. Cause it's. Especially in highly desirable areas, yeah. you know, like there's, Calif- well, I don't know, I guess California is still highly desirable, but yeah, we are kind weird. of seeing a flow of people out of California into yeah. some of these more conservative areas. Um, you know, so it's just something interesting to think about. Who wants to move to California? I would love to for the weather. Okay, yeah. If the if the politics were better, you yeah. know. Just, but, yeah, San Francisco sounds nice. Yeah. I'm just... Jeez. Nobody can even afford real estate there anymore, yeah. I guess, but they keep it still crazy prices. So I, I don't know exactly how that works, but yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a baffles me how lots of businesses and commerce and everything are moving out, but people can still afford to live there. Mm-hmm. But I've never looked into it. I'm sure if we looked into it, we could become an expert in that area. That's right. And you know, one thing that I think is really cool about real estate is it's kind of, you know, there's some rules and stuff around if people are realtors and that kind of thing. But if you're just an investor, there is a lot of different ways that you can work in real estate. Like as far as invest in real estate, you can invest in, uh, you know, residential or commercial rental properties. You can invest in just buying and flipping stuff you can you can buy something and fix it up you can i mean it's cool yeah all of the uh 
different ways that you can just kind of find what you like to do within that and and do it. Even within the stock market, you know, there's REITs and um, just real estate type stocks. Now there's now there's a there's virtual land. So yeah, no kidding. I mean, really, like anything we want to do or think up can happen. There's a limited number, a limited amount of virtual land that makes no sense. But somebody made it up, and now you can buy real estate next to Jay-Z and Beyonce. I've wondered that, though, because isn't it on certain programs? Like, there's a limited amount. Is it the yeah. sandbox? Is that what one of well, them is called there's, or there's that one. There's um. So we need to just create our own. Yeah. And then... Yeah, it's weird. Somehow De- hype it Decentraland up. is the other one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, hey, I created a world. Well, I created a world. Well, I created a world. Mm-hmm. You want to buy some real estate in my world? But that's kind of the future, as weird as it is. Some 20, 30 years from now, everyone's just going to be sitting on a computer in a virtual land. Well, the government's going to own all of the actual land. Yeah. And we're going to rent it all from the... We're going to own nothing and enjoy it. So we've got to go somewhere where we feel like we own something. So maybe that'll be the the role of the virtual land. Didn't someone from the World Economic Forum say you're going to own nothing and you're going to like it? Yeah, wasn't it like that Klaus Klaus Schwab guy? (laughs) We could just go... The world we live in. Yeah, you will own nothing and you will enjoy it. Yeah, that sounds great. You know, there's... Yeah, the World Economic Forum's... Mm-hmm. All of it is interesting, but they are in favor of printing money. And in this time, in this world right now, we can, we can benefit from that. Yeah. And not just, I want, I don't want that to sound super selfish. We can benefit the world from that. Well, it's not selfish because we're telling people insulate yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're talking about ways that we're trying to do it. We're telling people become Take advantage of it. Hedge yourself. Figure out ways so that this doesn't eat you alive because it can. Yeah. You know, and so I, I don't think that there's that it's selfish at all. I think that it's selfless and we're trying to say, hey, yeah. you know, I don't know. No, I like that. That's I, I know that whenever I've heard you talk to people about it and stuff, that's where you're coming from is from a place of, hey, this is scary and yeah. these are ways to hedge yourself against it. I really think we can all live in a world of abundance. Like it is a, it is a very abundant earth. It's just set up in a way that kind of sucks for some people, but they can get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing is no matter where we've come from, no matter what we are, color of our skin, none of that matters. We're humans mm-hmm. that can elevate ourselves to a position of at least being comfortable. <laughs> and I think much, much further than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that. Well, it's interesting, too. People act, you know, when we say there's an, there's an abundance, like there's ample for everybody, there's still a lot of people that think like, well, if you get something, then you're taking something away from other people. You know, and it's so weird, like, to think that way. But, like, think about the tie-dye shirt guy. Yeah. Like, he is at, he is adding value to that. Like, he's taking a white shirt, he's putting a little bit of paint on it, spending some time on it, you know? So he's probably got maybe $10 into it, let's say. If it's if it's a yeah. quality shirt, which it probably isn't. It's probably a generic cotton yeah. one. Yeah. But, uh, so he's got $10 into it. These shirts are selling for, like, 500 bucks. 
It's incredible. Yeah. But like, is he taking abundance away from some, like he took something that did not exist before Mm -hmm. and, or like you said, organized it in a way where it's valuable to somebody. Like he's not taking anything from anybody. Mm -mm. I mean, I guess you could say, well, then it limits the amount of tie-dye opportunity there is out there, but I don't think that it does. I think if anything, it increases awareness and people see that and they're like, that's way cool. I'm going to look at tie-dye stuff now and it might create more opportunity for more people. I don't know. Well, and then there's the argument that maybe it took away from XYZ shirt company, but XYZ shirt company probably should have innovated and had someone as passionate about making tie-dye shirts as it's, it's taxi drivers and Uber. You know, there was this huge push against Uber and whatever the other one is. Uh, Lyft. Is that the one you're thinking about? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. There was a huge push against them because they're like, you're going to put the taxi drivers out of business. Well, it does kind of suck for the taxi driver that is now out of business, but they didn't innovate. They didn't put themselves in a position where, you know, people are like, hey, I can just get on my cell phone and I can find a driver and... But it also doesn't mean that they're completely out of work now. They probably went out and found something to figure out how to add value. And or maybe the taxi drivers went out of bit. Maybe the taxis went out of business because all the drivers became Uber drivers. Yes. And so you're not taking a job away yeah. from an Uber guy or yeah. from a taxi guy. You might make a taxi company go out of business, but like you said, they can find other ways to add value. Yeah. But a lot of those people probably became uber drivers and that's why there's no more taxi drivers because everybody left that for a better model you know i don't know yeah it it's it's cool it is cool (laughs) it's easy to just say it's cool but all of this is just so much fun people just can jump in and and fail forward yeah just go for it and see what happens like that's really the only way to succeed you just have to jump in mess up a lot learn from it okay, cool. I learned from my mistakes and, and keep going. It really is a world of abundance and, and we can learn to shift that mindset. Um, maybe, maybe the lesson is go out and pick something on the menu and don't look at the price. Like I want to get a ribeye. So I'm just going to go get a ribeye. Well, that's a hundred dollar ribeye. Well, Go make a hundred extra dollars. Yeah, I mean that's easy yeah, to say, and, and it, it almost sounds insensitive. But but man, we should enjoy life. Like you don't have. T. Harvecker talks about chicken and steak. If you're gonna look at the menu and you're gonna look at the price, you're always gonna get the chicken. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants chicken. And Nobody it's the, the mentality steak. thing. Yeah, like you just go, oh well, I'm just a steak eater, so I know I'm gonna have to make more money every <laughs> month or whatever. You yeah, know? yeah. I was listening to some. Jordan Peterson, a couple points that kind of reminded me of that. He said that when he was first starting to go do speeches and stuff, he, um, you know, wasn't well known at that time and was kind of, you know, financially not extremely well off. He went and bought an $8,000 suit, which he said was a a significant thing. He said like the car that he was driving around at the time was like a fraction of that. So he buys this suit that's worth more than the car that he's driving around. Uh, but he said it was the best thing he ever did because when he put that suit on, it was kind of a reflection of the quality that he was going to give to the people he was speaking to. And so he almost felt like he held himself to a higher standard because he was wearing an $8,000 suit. 
That's cool. You know, and uh, he was talking to somebody. I think it was Jocko, maybe. And Jocko had something s- similar that he's like, yeah, I, d- I did that too. And this is what it was. And, you know, so even though they're kind of going out into the unknown, then, but it helped them hold, the, it helped their mindset. You know, it's totally yeah. a mindset thing. It just yeah. helped them hold themselves to a higher standard. Jack Canfield with the success principles, he talks about that. He, he went to a store with his boss and I don't know, I don't know why. Like I've never gone to a shirt store with my boss, mm-hmm. um, except for my wife. She's my boss. Yeah, that's right. Um, but he goes in and the boss buys like five or six hundred dollar shirts. And, and this is back probably the eighties. So a hundred dollar shirt was. Yeah. Big was deal. Big deal. Mm-hmm. I, he, I have never bought a hundred dollar yeah, shirt yeah, in my either. life. So he goes, well, if my boss is buying one, I probably need to buy something. So he said it was way out of his comfort zone, but he buys this $100 white button-up collared shirt. And he said it actually sat in his closet for a couple of weeks because he just didn't feel comfortable. Hmm. He's like, one, it was way out of my comfort zone to buy it. Two, it was way out of my comfort zone to wear it. So a couple of weeks later, he puts it on. It's like, this is the best shirt I've ever had. He's like, I don't want to take it off. It fits well. It moves with me. This is amazing. And then ends up where all of his shirts were from that store. And Hmm. now he wears a whole wardrobe of $100 shirts. But it just took that getting out of his comfort zone to put that shirt on and be like, oh, I did not know what I was missing out on. And he probably felt better about himself wearing the shirt. And, And, you know, and different things like that, too. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's it's cool. See, I'm not I'm not a dresser. Like success to me is keeping shorts on all day. Long. <laughs> yeah. Like I have no desire to put a suit on and go out and and do it. Yeah. But that's just kind of the mindset shift. Like to me success is wearing shorts. To him, success is putting on that $100 shirt and mm-hmm. going out, and, you know, Jordan Peterson is that $8,000 suit yeah. and saying, "Hey, look, I'm I'm helping the world here." And different circumstances. Yes. You know, I mean, his people would 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 uh, expect him them to yeah. dress that way. The people yeah. that I, you know, like the guys that I'm around and, you know, whatever every day, like shorts and a, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, kind of adding value, knowing where you're going and what's going to add value in those situations for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and what success is in the different situations. Yep. And that's the cool thing is you can mold and structure that. If you want to wear if you want to wear shorts and a Hawaiian shirt every day, there is a business that you can run. <laughs> yeah. Where you can wear shorts and a and a Hawaiian shirt every day. If you want to dress up in a suit and a, a nice $100 shirt every day, there is a business that you can start to do that. It is so cool. It is and cool. we keep saying that, but yeah. that's what it is. That's because it's true. Well, that's probably a good place to end it. I like everything you just said right there. That should be a sound bite in and of itself. There's a business for you. If you want to wear a suit, there's a business for you. If you want to wear shorts, there's a business for you. That's right. It's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, it was a fun ep- episode. I had a good time. Yeah, it was fun to talk about. It was fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, good. we'll see you guys and have a good day. See ya. <laughs>